You're listening to The Big Possible Show with your host, Noah Scott. It's time to break through the limits and achieve all you can imagine. All you can imagine. Hey there, and welcome to another episode of The Big Possible Show. This is your host, Noah Scott, signing on with the goods. Today, we have our uh, an incredible guest, Sally Z, or Sally Zimney. Uh, Sally, is she empowers big-hearted entrepreneurs and changemakers to find their signature story and speak it in a way that moves audiences without sacrificing your authentic voice becoming a slimy speaker robot. As an award-winning speaker and speaker coach, she's been working on her craft for over two decades. And if there's one thing she wants people to know about speaking, it's this, anyone can do it. Welcome to the show, Sally, how are you? Thank you, I'm so great and excited to be here. I love your energy, Noah, I'm just gonna say that. I can't help but be like a speaker coach in this moment for a little, just a moment and be like, Oh nice job. You know, life is good. We, we're sharing <laughs> stories with the world. What more could we ask for? Yeah. This is it. So Sally, I'd, I'd love to start off for the, for the listeners out there, just so we can get a feel for, you know, kind of what makes you so special. Do you want to share uh, what your superpower is, that thing that you've honed through the year that's just who you are? Sure. Yeah. Um, not to sound, you know, creepy, <laughs> but... I see people, (laughs) not dead people. I don't see dead people, but I see gifts in people. I really can so quickly listen to someone, watch someone, get a sense for what is this little gift that they have to share with the world. It's, It's a very helpful gift to have as a speaker coach, but forever since I, I started speaking, um, when I was in high school and doing it professionally right out of college. And I almost started coaching at that same time, like right out of college, I went back and started coaching because along with the love for I, that I have for speaking and showing up and, um, and really sharing this joy that can happen between speaker and audience, I love helping other people do it. And I can help see what is in you that you need to then turn and share with the world as well. Incredible. Yes. That's that it's, it's that mirror almost, you know, you're able to see mm-hmm. the authentic, authentic person and then show it back yes. and say, wow, there we yes. go. It's a beautiful yeah. trait to have. So um, Sally through that, through that journey, I'm sure there have been times where you felt that the odds were maybe stacked against you, that you had to do something really hard. Um, do you want to share the story of the time that you took the biggest risk of your life? And yeah. the reason we do this is because everybody out there, we're facing our own things as we're reaching for that big possibility in our life. And in that process, it means that we have to overcome whatever resistance that we're facing is. Yeah. And that, mean, that oh means gosh. risk. I have this conversation with people all the time because risk is very inherent. Of course, it's kind of just a part of speaking. And a lot of people feel that and and have this belief that if they're afraid or if they, uh, you know, have these thoughts that creep up like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I can do it. What will they think of me? All of those things that, that, that has some significance or meaning like, oh, I must not 
be able to do it. I must not belong in that moment. I don't have what it takes. And that's just not true. But I myself have lived that, which people don't expect because I've been speaking professionally for a long time. And, um, but I get nervous. And, And so when you say, what is the biggest risk you've ever taken? I'm not sure it's actually the biggest risk, but it felt like the biggest risk Mm -hmm. for me, which was doing my TEDx talk in 2017. And it, it just wreaks havoc on the brain because it feels like such a big moment and it potentially could be a huge moment. We all, there's many, many people who have the dream of doing the TEDx talk and there's good reason for that. We've seen how it can change the trajectory of somebody's career and impact. And all of a sudden they're a thought leader and doing the thing. And um, so even as a speaker coach, I was like, Ooh, this feels super high stakes. It's going on YouTube. It could be on Ted.com. This is my viral moment. And so I worked really, really hard on it and letting go in that moment and really trying to show up, not feeling robotic, not being in my head, not feeling stuck by the memorization, but doing what I'm telling my speakers to do all the time, which is to let go and Mm. be present and respond to what is happening in the moment. That is, I really, it was hard. It felt like a huge risk to um, feel like my credibility is on the line and also uh, to really do it well. I had to let go of that whole idea. It's so hard. Yeah. Um, mm. And it was, it was really fun, but it, whew. <laughs> <Texas>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because, you know, with that, that particular story, there there's so many things that you could tell yourself is like, what's, what's worse, me going through this risk or me not doing it. There's the risk oh, of not yeah. doing it, which would be even more sabotaging. Oh, you know? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I was thrilled. That's what's so funny about this is I was thrilled to do it. I was, I mean, just passionate about it. This is a dream moment. I love being on stage. I love speaking. And yet I was like, oh oh my gosh. So if I felt that way, like, you know, people who haven't been doing this for a long time, imagine the, the fear and the imposter syndrome and the, that comes up for everybody. But you know, I like to tell people I get nervous. That was a mm. totally terrifying experience for me. I loved it ultimately, but you know, it was, it was, and it's so much work. I like to tell people that because they, they have this belief like, oh, the pros don't ever get nervous. They don't ever feel afraid. It's like, well, that's not true. And if they aren't ever afraid. They're just not taking the big risks that they need to be taking in their business for that next, whatever that next level is. And I'm sure that's, you're living that out right now. Absolutely. It's kind of the the theme of the show is really about you challenging people to see that they're capable of doing more and to give them the courage to actually take that step and, and live that life that they the biggest life possible, right? The biggest possibilities yes. out there. So yes. um, with that, you know, also like as an individual, sometimes it can feel daunting to have a part, a, a, like a, a, a being able to make an impact or, or move the world in mm-hmm. a positive direction. And sometimes mm-hmm. we we get down on ourselves thinking that, okay, I'm not 
what I'm doing isn't making an impact. And so mm. what I like to celebrate on the show is the stories of individuals who are, in fact, doing what they can to kind of create that waterfall effect and improve lives in a positive way. So do you want to just take a moment and share about how you are approaching impact? Sure. Yeah. I mean, the whole why underneath my business is, is a belief that when we speak, when we stand up and share our stories in some way, when we get on a podcast, when you put your heart, your work, your beliefs, your ideas out into the world, it has this reverberating ripple effect. Uh, I, I am a really passionate person about all kinds of ideas, but I, part of the thing that I love about my work is I get to empower and help expand ideas in all kinds of different ways. Like I'm, I, I don't make me choose about an issue. Don't make me like just care about one of these things. I get to sort of push all kinds of things forward. And that helps me feel like I am doing, um, I'm really putting my life's work to good use. I grew up in the nonprofit sector. My parents were both teachers. So I really was raised on this belief, like, you know, of a purpose driven life in whatever way, like how can you make good on these talents that you are given and serve other people? So it's really a service driven experience for me as a coach. Like I, I, you, you step in with me. I'm like, Oh, I'm in your corner. I'm with you in this. Let's, let's go make this happen. Partly because I know how transformative these moments can be. It's like, you know, Noah, when's a time you've been in an audience and let's just use that term really loosely right now, where you've been listening to somebody share their ideas or their story and you were moved by it. Mm -hmm. like, yeah. This morning some... we, yes, totally. Tell me what happened. What happened well, this morning? We have a, we have our, our mastermind for, for the, for the retreat alumni that attend the big possible community. And so this morning we just, you know, we had one of the guests was sharing his business story and he's mm -hmm. so inspired by the mission behind that. And the way he articulates that just sends goosebumps down everybody in the groups. Yeah. Uh, everybody in the group is just like, wow, this is so powerful. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 I mean, there's the, the, I don't know enough about it, but I've experienced the really the, like the metaphysical thing that happens between speaker and audience. Like there's an exchange of ideas. We co-create your story meets in my brain and I'm imagining something, but it's half based on my experience and my understanding of a mastermind group. And when things get, when people mm -hmm. get together. And so it's really magical and it can change your brain's makeup. Like it can change the way you see the world and, and, um, imagine what is possible for yourself. So I'm just a little passionate about it. <laughs> I love it. And I want to explore more about how to the nuts and bolts behind crafting the story that resonates with the audience. Um, yeah. I think a little bit later, but I think the, the right now I'd, I'd like to see if we can focus on the next steps in this mission, right? So we've created it, let's just hypothetically, our audience is listening. They all have a story. They all have a mission that's burning within them. And so they've identified what that mission is. 
Now I'd love to hear the approach on how to now start to get the audience in the first place. So how do we, you know, what does the marketing look like behind that? Like, how do you go out and, and get your clients? How do you, how do you advise other people to now take them seriously as, uh, as someone who has a story and, and, or a product or a brand to share? Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad you asked this because it, it does come down into the daily ways that we show up. So I think of the stage as we have three stages around us all the time. Okay. We are so lucky that we can show up on social media. You go live on Instagram, you're on Facebook, um, LinkedIn. I mean, the, the world is your oyster when it comes to you. You can show up and speak your story and share your ideas right there. Um, however, the, the way to do that. So if you're waiting and you want to get on the big stages, you got to start with the free stages and continuously, they will, they will continue to be a powerful force for you, but the way in which you do it really matters. And so I talk a lot about a story first approach that when you can embed your ideas in a story, people are going to be much more connected to it. They're going to have emotional connection to your story. So I studied persuasion forever ago. And, um, you know, at the time I was asking lots of big questions, like, why do we believe this person and not this person? Mm -hmm. Like they're both equally credible. They both know a lot of things, but I believe this person, I'm connected to this person, or I want to learn more from this person. Why is that? And not this person. And right now we live in a world where people can find all of your knowledge and information free online. But the reason why they're going to step in closer with you versus somebody else is because of who you are, because of your story. And so that is why the story is the essential building block for your messages, whether you're speaking, you know, you're doing a big keynote on a stage or you're showing up on the free stages every day, the story first approach uh, invites people in and they feel the point of your story before you have to tell them about it versus just talking at people. And so there's some persuasive magic that happens in stories um, that I got to see for myself when I was standing up in front of 159th graders talking about courage. And they're like, yeah, great. I'm mm -hmm. super not jazzed about this because you sound like my mom, you know, <laughs> but when I could tell a story about a kid who's not that different from they are, from who they are and what they're experiencing and they start to go, okay, you get me, you get my life. I'm feeling this story. And then they're sucked in. They're interested. They're curious. And then I can make my point. So story first approaches are the way to create connection, to build that know, like, and trust factor, and to get people to see beyond the like credibility checkbox moment of this person knows what they're talking about. But now I want to know, do I feel connected to them? Do I like them? Do they get me? That is ultimately how people decide who they're going to work with and if they want to follow you um, so you can grow this audience that you want to reach. Incredible. Yes. So all the, all the stages out there, put yourself out on the small stages first, get 
get the reps in, craft yep. a story that resonates with the people that are listening. Um, yeah. So now let's get into that. Like look, the nuts and bolts of, of telling stories. It, how, do, how, do, how do I tell good stories? Great stories. Oh my gosh. Well, you know, I mean, we could do a day long workshop on this, Noah, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I'll give you some nuggets because uh, regardless of who you are and the kind of the experience that you bring into the moment, what makes the story sticky and persuasively powerful has to do with making sure that you're bringing us into one particular moment rather than telling us generically. So I didn't do this very well about two minutes ago on this podcast when I was talking about me standing in front of 150 ninth graders. Well, there was a particular moment when the story became the thing for me. And I remember standing in front of this group of people, we're in a huge gym and I'm losing them. They are so not with me. And I feel really passionate about this message. And I'm like, dang it, dang it, dang it. I've written this beautiful script. Like they're missing this powerful line. Like, why are they not with me? And out of an act of desperation in this moment, because I see, you know, that kid over there is chatting with their friend and this one's doodling on the dust in the ground. And I'm just like, ah, I bypass this beautiful script that I've written and go right to the story. And as soon as I start telling that story, I see kind of the, the heads stopping, you know, chatting with each other, just some heads lift up. They're leaning forward a little bit. And I'm like, oh, okay. The story is the thing. So what I just did right there should feel starkly different from, you know, I would tell stories and that was better <laughs> to I'm going to tell you about a particular time, one particular moment when stories made all the difference. And so when we can get really specific and not so detailed that people get confused and lost in our details, but enough details that I start to imagine it in my head. I start to see the gym floor. I start to see somebody chatting with their neighbor and doodling in the dust. I start to see the like panic of, oh my gosh, I'm losing them. And then what happens when we can pull them in with the story? So the difference between those two is a, a that's the, the physical difference of what's happening that from an audience perspective, they start to imagine it. They start to co-create the story with you in their heads. And as soon as they do that, they're going to remember what it is that you're talking about. So that's the biggie right there. Yes, yes, I love that. So you paint you paint a picture of what's happening, and bring them in, and then and then you start to actually tell the story. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, beautiful. It was funny. I I was on a podcast the other day. I wrapping up a podcast. I was talking with a guy, and and I, and I just started the conversation with something like, you know, I was in a bathhouse in. Or not a bathhouse. Uh, I was in the sauna in 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 Budapest, and this and this large guy walks in named Leonard, and he's like, "Only only you would start a story like that." Noah. <laughs> I mean, I want to know what happened with Leonard. <laughs> it's a it's a good story. We we could get into it at another time, but okay. um, basically, I think the the moral of the story was 
you know, you never know when you're going to be in a situation that that prompts you to actually just realize that every moment is special. And sometimes mm -hmm. when you're actually aware of the moments you're in, you can actually start to really get some cool, cool conversations going. And yeah. synchronicity well, has a big part to play in that. Well, yeah. what you, you've just said something really, really important, and that is, you know, there are magical moving moments happening around us all the time. And most of us are living lives like chickens with our heads cut off. And I, I am one of those people and we're missing it. And so, you know, there people are like, I know stories are important, but I don't have any good stories to tell. My life is boring. I'm just, you know, I'm working. I'm taking the kids to the sports. I watch Netflix. I go to bed, you know, like this is my life. Well, you know, you're, you're probably missing out on the magic that is happening in those everyday tasks that we're doing. So, yes. you know. Yes. And there's- Not all of us are in Budapest. Questions, you know? <laughs> yeah. If you ask yourself the questions, you might start to find that, well, actually, I do have some really cool stories. And yeah, yeah. you dig deep. Mm -hmm. um, okay. So as we're running short on time, I want to close out with the final question that I ask every guest on the show, which is- Around decision making, I, I'm a big believer that our dreams are ultimately a byproduct of the actions that we make. And then those actions are built on the decisions we make on a day to day basis. So do you have a decision making framework that you use to just keep your head above water and, and feel juicy about the life you live? Oh, my gosh, this is a big question. Um, OK, so this is the framework. Where do I want to be a year from now? And if uh, I spent a long time saying, I'm going to do this, I want to do this. And then a year later, it'd be like, I'm going to do that. I'm really, I am. I'm going to do it. I want to do this. I wanted that. That thing is going to happen. And I remember one day, my husband's a like operations minded person and we were doing some business planning. And I was like, I'm going to, as an example, I said, uh, I'm, I'm going to create this, this course about speaking. I'm going to do it. And he was like, you've been saying this for three years. <laughs> are you, are you really, are you really? And I was like, hmm, uh, yes. And I was like, dang <laughs> it, dang it, dang it, dang it. I, I'm not going to be here a year from now saying the same thing. I will, I will not do it. And that, that motivated me. I had to be kind of called out on it. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Andy. But, you know, a year later, I had finally built the program, brought in 40 people to be in the program with me. And it was like, that has really catapulted and shifted what I believed was possible for me because we tell ourselves a lot, but like what, what helps hold you accountable to yourself? And it was the, this fear of oh my gosh, time keeps slipping by. When am I going to make this real? Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing that. Having that long-term uh, motivation to question what you're doing in the day-to-day. -day. It's, it's so powerful. So yeah, yeah. beautiful. So how do... How do we stay in touch with you, Sally? How do we support all the cool things you have going on? How do we level up our speaking? All of that good stuff. Nice. Well... Uh, I, you can find me on my website, uh, bemoved.com, 
or I spend a lot of time in Instagram. It's my favorite place to be, um, but I, you can find me on any of the socials. Um, I will say, I think, especially if you are feeling this drive to show up on the free stages and you want to use a more story-driven approach to connect more powerfully, I do have a great guide. It's called the Simple Story Framework. It's just a few pages PDF of how to actually do that. So I walk you through really what that framework looks like. And you can grab that at bemoved.com forward slash SSF or a simple story framework. Incredible. Thank you so much for sharing. And we'll have all those links in the show notes. Sally, thank you so much for your time. Yeah, no, this was really fun. Loved it. That's it for this episode of The Big Possible Show. This is Noah Scott signing out to let you know I appreciate you for being here. Of course, if you enjoyed the episode and want to share some feedback, visit Apple and drop a review. That review will help other people find the show, and it also gives me a signal that, hey, people are out there listening. With that, may the rest of your day be filled with epic adventures. And I'll see you right here for the next episode.